Welcome to the Bow Hunter Podcast, your home for all things bow hunting related. Now, here's your host, Jan Segato. Welcome to episode 14 of the Bow Hunter Podcast. This episode is brought to you by True Blue Broadheads. If you aren't yet familiar with True Blue Broadheads, you will be very soon. True Blue's flagship product, the Crossbreed, is a secondary broadhead that installs on your arrow between the broadhead of your choice and the arrow of your choice. As bow hunters, we strive to take large game as quickly and ethically as possible. That's why I decided to partner with True Blue Broadheads. Let the Crossbreed be your insurance policy on your next hunt with its 2-inch cut that deploys after your broadhead has initiated penetration. For more information, visit truebluebroadheads.com. We also can't forget our partners over at huntreminder.com. Head on over to huntreminder.com to activate your reminders all year long on the game of your choice in any state. Reminders are just 99 cents, and for listening to this podcast, you get your first reminder free by simply using code BWHNTR at checkout. In this episode, we head over to the East Coast to chat with Jimmy Giraputo about the impacts that social media can have on you as a hunter and the hunting community as a whole. I hope you enjoy. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate you sitting down with me today on the show, man. Uh, How are things over on the East Coast? Uh, They're going well. It's hot out and can't shoot my bow without it slipping off my hand, but it's good so far. Just getting ready for the season. Awesome. When's season start over there? So North Carolina started this past Saturday, same day as Kentucky, I believe. But uh, the only land I have ability to hunt out here is like two hours away. So it's more of a pre-planned thing. I'm going to try to get into it within the next few weeks. And then Virginia, the main place I hunt, opens up on either October 5th or 6th. Perfect. You know, it's uh, these this last month for me in, in September is just killing me, man. Every time I go outside, I want to get in a tree. So I totally understand the feeling. Tell me a little bit about um, you coming up as a hunter, you know, when you got started, kind of that bow hunting tradition, if you will. Yeah, so um, I'm from Long Island, so all the hunting I grew up doing was, I mean, essentially run and gun. We never really left stands anywhere. Always used climbers in the suburban suburban areas. Um, So my dad's always hunted. He's 10 years old, if not earlier, with my uncle as well, my uh, grandparents. So just normal way of life growing up. I always watched him come home with some deer and uh, then finally was able to get out with him. Once I was a little bit older, which I know we'll talk about that some more, is my most memorable hunt was when I was seven years old. And then I killed my first deer at nine. So it's been from the beginning. That's awesome. So has it always been bow hunting or did what, you know, what age did you actually start bow hunting? So I killed my first deer with the crossbow while also like, you know, obviously getting other hunts in, but we started with the muzzleloader as well. Um, mostly bow hunting because on Long Island, that is the regular season is bow hunting. There's no gun hunting really. It's a special lottery only on state land and we have property in upstate New York. So once I was old enough, uh, we'd get up there and do some gun hunts, but now in the past few years it's transitioned to only bow hunting for the most part and this year is going to be my first start of i've decided i'm i'm putting the guns down i said i'm just going to bow hunt yeah i actually um when i first started hunting it was strictly bow and wasn't that i was really against the gun hunters but i really loved that challenge of going out there with stick and string and that primal feeling and so just this last year i decided to it was a little slower bow hunting season for me. So I decided to pick up a shotgun and, 
got it done that way. But it's kind of a last ditch effort for me. Um, I'd prefer to do all my hunting with a bow throughout the season. Yeah, actually, this this past year, since I've been in the Coast Guard, I haven't gotten to hunt much in the past three years. But this past season, I killed one deer in Virginia with the rifle. And then when I went home uh, in the beginning of January, I killed a deer with the bow. And just the, the difference in the feeling in those, it just really finally sunk in. I was like, I, I just want a bow hunt. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you get that especially if you're comparing rifle to bow, you get that, that close encounter that you're not really going to always get with a rifle because your, your plant, your hunts are planned for a, for a longer approach. But when you got that bow, you got to get them in close. And that's what I love that encounter. I mean, I can, I can come home after a hunt and just that encounter. I'll tell my wife usually, well, did you get anything? And I said, no, but it was really a successful hunt because I had a really good encounter with deer. So I totally understand. Absolutely. So, um, you've been hunting most of your life and then recently you decided that you're going to take your hunting passion and bring that to social media, especially in the form of Instagram. I'm always harping on social media as like the instant, the instant kill, the, it doesn't really show the story behind hunting and deer hunting. And so for new hunters or people that are very inexperienced, it really doesn't do them any favors and it really doesn't do hunting any justice. And don't get me wrong. I love the trophy aspect of hunting. I love going and chasing those big mature whitetail bucks, but a lot of times we'll be scrolling through our feeds and we'll just see deer after deer after deer. And there's really no context to it. You know, there's, we're not getting that story that really uh, hits home for us hunters and really drives our passion for the outdoors. So I want to kind of jump into how social media can positively affect you as a hunter. And I think that's what you can bring to the table in this conversation. So if you don't mind, just jump in wherever you want and just kind of fill us in. Yeah. So being down here in North Carolina, pretty much go to work, come home and don't have a lot to do in between. So I decided one day, this was last January. So what's that? Eight, nine months ago now, I was just thinking about it, thinking about making an Instagram for hunting, kind of like a blog. And I'd always thought that I would never be that person. I would be like, I'd never talk about myself or never have videos of myself anywhere. But one day I just decided to make it. And I guess you could say the rest is history at this point. I mean, it's continuing to grow, but once I made it, I realized you start to slowly grow your niche, I guess. And I noticed the best way to do it, and this is for anybody, is just be who you are. And if who you are is relatable to people, then it'll work. And regardless, at the end of the day, you just don't don't give away your morals. Just do what you do is best. And I know you bring up the point of there could be, you know, there's only trophies and you, all you see is deer after deer. But for me, it's kind of opened up my eyes to try to keep my phone on me and I know that that's another controversial topic is people are like, well, you got to enjoy the moment and not have your phone. But for me, I've kind of learned to see everything in a different light, capture as many moments as I can, whether it's on film, a uh, picture, even a little video on the phone, because you can go back through it later and you just piece together a whole story of your day. And it, it forces you to see things in a, in a better light, more beauty, I guess. Like, I mean, you see a spider web, cool, take a picture of it and portrait mode on your phone. You don't need a special camera. And then for me, that, that 
picture itself kind of explains the point of creating content and just viewing everything in a big picture way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And if you're going to be in the social media world, you know, because it's not for everybody, just it just isn't. If you're going to be there and you're going to share your story and you're going to share your experience of the outdoors, it becomes our responsibility to share the whole story, especially if we want to see conservation efforts and hunters grow as a, as a whole. One thing you mentioned that you really focused on throughout this process was just being yourself. And I, I can't stress that enough. Um, and it's really hard. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to put yourself out there and be vulnerable but over the past maybe five to ten years, I've I've followed personalities in all kinds of different spaces, whether it be hunting or business or social media. And I think the one thing that they all have in common is their transparency and their vulnerability. And so when you really put yourself out there, you're giving other people the opportunity to be able to connect with you and find common ground. And you mentioned that too, you know, somebody's going to be able to relate to you. It may not be everybody and that's fine because you have to stay within your niche of what you're doing and, and who you are. And so anybody that's listening to this, always be yourself, always, you know, don't throw out your morals and your ethics and your standards. Be yourself because there are people out there who can relate to you. And along with that's going to come the haters. Along with that's going to be, it's going to come, you know, people think saying you can't do it. People saying you're wrong, but you got to just shut them out and do your thing. That's definitely true. And you, you mentioned transparency. I mean, all of my Instagram posts have come from a few small trips uh, on the farm in Virginia that I hunt and then out of my backyard in my townhome where I could shoot my bow about 15 yards and that's it. But I just talk about what I know and what I love and it either does well or it doesn't. At the end of the day, it's still fun and it's still a way to meet people. I met plenty of people. I've obviously met yourself. Uh, I've gotten part of the dealt part with bow hunter die, stuff like that. I mean, you don't, you don't know what could come from it. And it, at the end of the day, if you're having fun, it's just another way to enjoy what we all love, bow hunting, or even if you just like to gun hunt. If you're a public land hunter, private, don't matter, but that's what makes it so great. Yeah, and I think the one thing I've been able to take away from social media for me, especially since I've started the podcast and done what I just said, you know, I've kind of made myself a little more, more vulnerable, is the networking aspect of it. You know, I've met some amazing people. I mean, I've met people that don't even know me other than on social media. And I know some of these guys would literally give me the shirt off their back if I needed it. And so that's really amazing. I mean, it's really amazing. There are good, awesome people out there that just want to help one another grow. And they want to see the hunting community as a whole grow. And, you know, what's your experience as far as the networking has gone and things along that line? So for me, networking wise, um, I mean, I can mention a few people specifically, but I'm just random people. Not, not that they're random, but people that I don't know, uh, other than a message on Instagram or a comment saying that they like my stuff. And then next thing you know, it turns into texting each other through Instagram about anything, questions about gear specifically, what their plans are, um, growing in that sense. And cause I don't, I'll be the first to tell you, I do not know a lot. 
compared to some people. The stuff that I do know, I know it well, and I try my best to translate that to other people and, and teach people as much as I can, because I know when I was the person that didn't know things, I wanted help, so I reached out, and that's where the networking started, and then next thing you know, you have a list of friends, essentially, that you're all there to bounce ideas off of each other, and then just kind of bs and talk about hunting in general because that's what that's what makes up most of hunting is talking about hunting because we can only get out so much as it is yeah and it's not about knowing everything it's about uh the different perspectives that people have and the different stories tricks tips methods strategies tactics everybody approaches this stuff a different way and you know when it come when it came to the podcast and how I was going to do it, I wasn't concerned with getting the so-called experts on here and talking about their expert advice. I was more wanting to get the everyday hunter, um, and that may be someone who has twenty deer head hanging on their wall and three freezers full of venison, or it may be somebody that's on their way to their very first hunt. And I've talked to both of those type of people, and I think there was something to bring from that, from each conversation back and learn from. And I think that's awesome thing about hunting is that everybody experiences it differently and people learn from each other, whether it's the most experienced veteran hunter or the most rookie beginning hunter. And, you know, there's still a lot that I haven't done. I haven't really been hunting that long. You know, I'm going on my sixth year, if, if I remember right. And I know a lot, but I don't know it all. And there's still things I, every season, there's still things I question myself doing. And so when I do that, I just try to research, 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 whether that be actually in the field or getting online and looking some things up or watching some YouTube videos and things like that. So one thing I want to transition our conversation over into is something that you're starting to do this year. And if I remember right, you just released a YouTube video today, which will be a week, a week ago when this podcast airs and that's self-filming. Tell me yes. a little bit about what, what lit your fire to start self-filming your hunts and, you know, what direction you plan to take that because, you know, that's, that's some tough stuff. It's, it's hard enough to go out there with a bow and take wild game, but when then you bring a camera in and you know, it brings its own unique challenges along with it. So tell me a little bit more about that and like what you plan to do with it. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of translates back to the networking thing of how I got started. So joining the Bowhunter Die brand ambassador team, also the also called field staff. Um, I met a bunch of guys and also through Instagram and hooked up with uh, Cody Kasinger, which is a new pro staff guy for Bowhunter Die this year. And we would talk on the phone a couple of times, text back and forth. And he's like, you need to just do it. You need to just get a camera. And I was like, you know what? He's right. What, what better time than now? So went out, got a camera. And then over the past few months, I've gotten every little piece I need for it. And I got a new MacBook, so I could thank him for my lower bank account, <laughs> but you know, that's fine. Cause I'm enjoying it. I, I love it. The editing process is great, but, um, that's pretty much how I got started. It's how I got the camera. And my strategy for filming this year is just like it goes back to it, have fun. And I obviously haven't filmed a hunt yet, 
so that's something I plan on doing is after the season, kind of writing up a little synopsis of how it goes for me in my first year and what things I learned and what what I can take away and what other people can take away if they want to get into self-filming. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to follow you and follow that story and just kind of see where it goes from there. That's something I do want to do is, is self-film. Um, but it's like you said, you know, it's another expense. And then you're bringing that, that, that new aspect to hunting. And I just want to make sure that I'm fully prepared before I jump headfirst into that. I'm the type of guy that when I, when I start doing something, I don't half-ass it, so to say, I, I, I got to go all in or don't do it at all. This is a part of the show that's one of my favorite parts. Uh, I like to ask my guests about their most memorable hunt. Talk a little bit about your most memorable hunt. I know you mentioned it earlier in the show when you were a kid, and I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, so uh, I just put a picture up on my Instagram story the other day. It was me and my dad in our front yard. Uh, he killed, it's like a 115-inch 10-pointer on Long Island in the suburbs. And the story is this, is that we went out and... He obviously couldn't bring in a tree stand that young, um, but we found a fallen down tree that had fresh fallen that year. So it had all the leaves on it. Uh, it was November 11th, I believe. And we sat in there, we sat until 1130 in the morning. Um, and of course me being so young, I fell asleep and he wakes me up and he goes, well, do you want to head out soon? I was like, I probably said something like, yeah, I was, I was ready to get out. It was cold and then he within 30 seconds he sits up on his knees and looks out in front and he turned around with the most adrenaline pump face on it <laughs> i that i'll never forget because he was like big buck coming right now he just turned to his right drew back and when i say this deer was 12 feet away that is not an exaggeration this deer walked right by the blowdown and the picture that sticks in my head is the perfect mule kick i mean he hit that deer right in the right in the pump house is, is what is, I, is what i like to say and mule kick ran heard him crash and that's it i mean i that's the one reason that if there's one that i'm a hunter today i mean that was the most exciting thing i've, I've ever had happen oh i guarantee it, especially at that age and and that right there just kind of puts that image and that story right in your brain that you're never going to forget and that's why even today whenever i ask you know what's your most memorable hunt that's probably the very first thing that popped into your head and you couldn't wait to get that get that out and you know it's it's pretty cool to look at all these stories that i've got throughout each episode and you know a lot i'd say the majority of them has to have to do with the, the experience happening with a really close friend or family member and I just want to point out, you know, that that's one of the biggest things that hunting is about is spending time with other people in, in your preparation to the hunt, during the hunt and after the hunt, you know, whether it be processing that animal or just bringing that food to the table and enjoying it with your family. So I really appreciate your story. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that, especially those that had the opportunity to hunt with their fathers and grandfathers and and parents in general. Maybe it was a mother or whoever you know, when they were young. And I think that's awesome. So if anybody wants to follow you along this journey and kind of keep track of what you're doing, especially during this first year of self-filming, where can they find you at on online? So YouTube, 
uh, if you search my last, my first and last name, Jimmy Jeraputo. So you're going to have to find my Instagram to be able to spell that. And my Instagram is jimmy.v.g. Um, and then the link to my YouTube's in my bio as well. So that, that kind of streamlines it for you. <laughs> there you go. That's where you can find Jimmy at on Instagram and he's also on YouTube. So man, I really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing your, your journey up to this point, um, online and just as yourself as a hunter and yeah, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Good luck this season. Thanks, you too. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe. For more information and show notes, head on over to BWHNTR.com.